They'll take it, an important two points. And like I said, 32 shots against Campbell. He gives up four goals and made three or four of the unbelievable type saves. So goals at a different time. Jim Ralph on the final call there. You know, normally it's Joe Bow and Wax and Poetic. Jim Ralph getting the elbows out and uh, really taking over on the final call. I like to Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. It is a 5-4 Leafs win. But yeah, as Ralphie was saying, didn't feel like a four-goal night that Jack Campbell gave up, and it certainly didn't feel like a one-goal win for the Leafs tonight. Yeah, you know, it's getting pretty obvious about Ralphie's disdain for Joe Bowen. He always makes uh, <laughs> eyes on us, rolls eyes and things when Joe goes on, uh, pontificates for a long period of time. Uh, no, they always summarize it. I, I, I like listening because then they hand it off to us, and I like their summary of things. And kind of a weird ending. That's that's strange. Like Very a, weird. Like a great Leaf win in, in many, many ways. And uh, and then, but it's a, like it's a 5-4 win. So <laughs> Columbus looks at the stats. They go, oh, we played Toronto really well with that. That last goal was scored with the, what one one hundred like like it's like a swimming record time the difference between first and second and uh, so it's over so the horn goes and Leafs are kind of I don't know it's like a, a party that didn't go so well at the end it was going great then all of a sudden the parents came home and you had to kind of <laughs> leave and so it was just kind of a weird ending to a game but they found ways to win games and ninety percent of this was uh, you know bang on Toronto one thing Ralphie did mention as well little things and you know. You, not getting picky about negatives, mm -hmm. but it's a selfish, selfish pinch by Lilligren when they're up 5-2. For sure. Right? You know, that's the whole point. Okay, you want to get your apples and make a 6-2, 7-2, You're going to be doing that with the Marlies, okay? <laughs> so that that's that's because all of a sudden another one happens, and, and those are the little things, you know, yep. learn learn by trial and error um, only so often that, that – it's going to be part of moving forward. Yeah, and on the flip side of that coin, I, I got to give Matthews credit. You know, they threw him out there in the last minute of the game. There was a play where Camp and Kasha he was on with, and that, that kind of tells you about the strategy there, The the probably the two best defensive forwards on the team. And, and I don't know how far behind the Matthews is, but, I mean, we all know why he was out there, and it was to have his, his crack at the hat trick. And there was a play where Kasha tried to send it to him up the left side here, and Matthews, if he was more hungry for the goal, if he was less concerned about protecting the lead, he could have got there if he would have been thinking with that more offensive mindset as opposed to let's just ice this game out, let's just get the win. And I think that's uh, that's little signs, and not that he's showing immaturity in that regard, but that's just little signs of the maturity that we talked about with this team is how much can you buy in, how much is this real? Well, I think little tiny moments like that will kind of highlight for you just how much buy-in there has been for this team. Oh, I, I agree, Brad, and that's why when people talk to, uh, you know, d different things in about Austin Matthews and five-on-five five hockey, he's Austin Matthews. Quiet, okay? Yes. Quiet. He's Austin Matthews, okay? You're picky, picky, picky. He's you, you watch him close. The things he does right, does right. The team commitment, the way he's grown as a player at all facets of the game. And I, I got so annoyed when they, you know, started breaking down. And, and I mentioned it was like Wayne Gretzky, the rationalization why he wasn't involved in the shootout uh, <laughs> in back in way back in 1998. It's funny. It's actually Brendan Shanahan. That's right. Always kids. My family's watching. Goes, why is Brendan in the shootout <laughs> instead of Wayne Gretzky? Right? They're even saying that. And when Greg, I remember when talking to Wayne Gretzky once, it just sort of brought that up, and he didn't. But he kind of goes. Um, I didn't really miss very many, right? You know, just people. So you get this kind of weird reputation. But I, but you're right about Austin Matthews there. And you and I were kind of having fun. Like when you're two goals up and the goaltender and they and they pull the goaltender, 
it's it's really guys are going for that goal, right? For it's sure. very And we're kind of going, oh, look, at nobody wants to change, right? Remember yeah. we said that? Oh, like yeah. kind of going, whatever the regular shift is. And I'll give Neilander credit. He's the one guy that went off, but all of a sudden. Maybe he was feeling guilty after going for it. After there, he hit ice the, the puck. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I'm not saying that led to that for uh, the third goal of the game for Columbus, the first yep. of the two with the goaltender pulled, but uh, it, but when you're only one goal, it's a very different, like, hell-bent for leather, protect, uh, you know, protect the fortress type attitude. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we always think, I, at least I always do, you know, I, I forgot which year it was, but there was a classic World Junior moment where the Russians are yucking it up and laughing after going for the empty netter, and I'm pretty sure it was the Eberly game, and, and Canada came back and tied it up, and that's why, I'm not saying it's right, but that's why I am always so, so anxious whenever people are, are shooting for the empty net. Uh, we, we talked about Matthew and I want to move to Riley because he was tremendous tonight. But just to kind of drill back down on him, I think the, th- the other thing that was most encouraging for me about Matthews tonight is, you know, we all know he's talented. We all know he can drive a line. But when you're used to playing with one of William Nylander or Mitch Marner, it's a different skill set to do what he did on a line tonight with Michael Bunting and, and Wayne Simmons. And it just it proves to me that, that Matthews is that that complete player. And again, this isn't a shock. Of course, of course, of course, he can drive his own line. But it's different to do it when you're the true driver as opposed to somebody who you're kind of playing off like he normally does with Marner. Well, he'll let's say he'll never have got a better setup goal than Michael Bunting gave him. I mean, that was the epitome of a tap-in. You said it, not me. Yeah, he certainly appreciated uh, that. But, you know, that's exactly it about, okay, guys are hurt. Whoever you put on my wing, um, uh, we're we're going to have a great line because I'm on it. I mean, that's like playing with Wayne Gretzky in his heyday or Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or, you know, whomever. And, uh, yeah, I, I just... Uh, I just I, I use the word treasure for Austin Matthews as we see all these banners, you know, whether it's Dave Keon or Frank Mahovlich or Doug Gilmore, whatever it may be here. And I don't want to rush that day, but, yeah. I, you know, you envision that hopefully that's day that that there is a second contract down the road and, you know, success as a team. But, yeah, he, he is just, you know, that that's why teams that are struggling right now are getting what the Leafs at Edmonton got with uh, Shane Wright expected with the number one overall pick and next year Connor Bedard that you know you've had Alexis Lafreniere and Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and you know just just not not the uh, and and you know Buffalo getting the defenseman power as the first overall pick Uh, you haven't had those kind of marquee guys so they can maybe take a lesson from Brendan Shanahan, wherever those teams are, about the lucky Irish uh, good luck (laughs) charm that he brought because it's only about a 20% chance but that that winning that lottery, I remember how happy. It was one of the happiest moments in Toronto hockey history, and they've been long out of the playoffs that year. I mean, imagine, and again, I, you know, he did, he wasn't playing tonight, so a complete non-factor in the game. But just imagine how different the franchise is if it's Patrick Line that they end up with. They get the second overall pick in that draft. It's just, you know, and Line is a gifted player. Line is going to score a ton of goals in this league, but it's just a different animal. That that true number one franchise center. And yeah, you you mentioned the the kids that are coming in. Uh, in in the drafts to come, Burlington native uh, Shane Wright, he, he all but seems like a lock to go number one this year. And then, yeah, Connor Bedard is uh, somebody I've been salivating anytime I, I get a chance. You, you, anytime you have these players who get the exceptional status, it's uh, it is definitely a uh, an exciting thing to see. But uh, you know, I don't think the Leafs need to worry too much about those. Something tells me they won't be in the right sweepstakes or the Bedard sweepstakes. They will be in the sweepstakes for a big shiny mug at the end of the year. Five uh, four is the final tonight for the Leafs at home against the Blue Jackets, kicking off a home stand here they'll be home for two more games after this one and uh yeah it's just again a, a rock solid performance uh we should probably talk about morgan riley here for a second yeah though. i love talking about morgan riley who who doesn't uh first four assists
assist game of his career. I believe he's had four points in a game before. Just, it, it, I think the I think the most encouraging thing about this game from Riley, obviously a guy like him, he wants to get his points. He wants to be feeling good about himself. But he didn't have to fly all over the ice to do it. We have seen games from Morgan Riley where he's much more, I don't want to say engaged, but he is much more pressing with his offense. He's skating the puck up. It didn't feel like he was doing that tonight. And it was just, to me, he his night was kind of a symptom of how much this entire team just seemed to click offensively. Felt like they were just reading off of each other, playing off of each other really well, and then the puck was snapping around, and that, that's how you end up with the offensive night that they did. Yeah, I mean, not to get too musical, but it's like when you're playing well, it's like a symphony. It, it just, really is. Just, just about under control, and everything seems to be, uh, you know, structured, not about hell-bent for leather and, and kind of disorganized and scattered. Uh, and you can still get the results playing that way, but I, I agree with you, and, and Morgan Riley um, – Boy, he had that one year with 20 goals, right, that just yep. psh, jumps out at you. You go, okay, maybe not 20 goals a season, but uh, there, there's there's more offense in him. And certainly nights like tonight, you know, he, he what what four points? What else can you say? Yeah, not not much. And it's just, again, taking, taking what's in front of you. And it's important to kind of remember. And I think he's just been a slightly... Not, not an earth-shatteringly different player, but he's just had that extra confidence, that extra jump in his step since since signing the deal, and it's just really encouraging to see for, for a guy who's going to be part of the core for so long. You know, in talking to the Columbus broadcast crew, I mean, Seth Jones was the guy at the start of the year, and That's they right. decided they, they couldn't go through that lame duck uh, uh, situation That's this true. year. Now, they pulled off a pretty good trade with Chicago, and they were kind of kidding. Uh, Duncan Keith left a couple of days later. Maybe they could have got more <laughs> if the trade had been. But I think they got plenty in that. But So it left Morgan Riley and, and Klingberg of Dallas, John Klingberg right. of Dallas, as the two big UFAs. And that becomes a distraction and a worry. And, and uh, I, I knew last like last year the Zach Hyman situation was different. You know, we kind of understood that. Uh, but a stud D is different. And for him and the Leafs, good on both sides to re-up and make that commitment very, very encouraging for the fans, for starters, but also I think people within the dressing room. I mean, that's kind of an eye-opener that a player of this magnitude uh, wants to stay here and was willing to figure out something that worked. Yeah, that, that's really encouraging. And, you know, he, he's as part of a core that, like, we all talk about the core four, the big forwards, and yes, but Morgan Riley's the guy who's been here the longest. He has truly seen it all in this building as far as anyone on that, that roster is concerned. And, yeah, it's just it's, it's really nice to see him have that big night. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what he's sitting at for points right now, but it's crazy how you have a night like that. And we've been sitting here earlier on. Ah, the points aren't coming. The points aren't coming. You have a four-point night like that for a defenseman, and all of a sudden you'll be sitting pretty for a couple of weeks. Not that he's going to rest on his laurels here. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's also a strong defensive player. Like, he is. You know, it, Again, not Norris Trophy candidate at that point. Nope. It looked like he maybe was trending. Remember Dion Footoff right. looked like he was trending that way when also he came over from Calgary. Also 20 goals with the Flames. Here. Yeah, and, that, and that's always been the argument about splitting the trophies up that uh, sometimes those offensives, uh, the offensive stats are given too much weight. On the other side, you got Zach Korensky, who was a 20-goal scorer yep. uh, on D and, and has been doing that kind of pace again for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So a lot of great young defensemen out there. Yeah, there, there really are, and uh, if we're gonna, if we're going to talk about that, I, I have to slide in the Avalanche because it seems like they're just pumping them out. They're what about yeah, Kale McCarr? Like, incredible. Like that game was such a disaster for Philadelphia last night. It's a seven-five win for Colorado, so they get seven goals, seven different goal scores, fourteen different guys get a point. That shows their balance. But Kale McCarr, you know, Bobby Hor, Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr is at home <laughs> watching and going, "What is that? Someone steal my video?" <laughs> like you know, that it was one of those kind of goals. The the McCarr rush that you're talking about there, it's 
it's incredible when a guy who goes as fast as he does just makes the game look so slow. He just slalomed his way through, and it looked as, as easy as possible. And, man, I, uh, I I really hope we get to the Olympics because I would love to, love to, love to see that guy on uh, the big ice, and something tells me he'll be there. Leafs 5-4 winners at home tonight. Brent Gunning and Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. You're listening to Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here, producer Sam McKee poking around as, as well. We're going to bug him for uh, for some takes, for some comments in a minute. But uh, we've talked about the game tonight. Of course, the big news uh, away from the ice, well, it'll affect the team on the ice. Jason Spezza, six-game suspension for the knee to the head, neck, chest back area of uh, of Neil Pionk uh, that, that it has come out that he is going to appeal the suspension there so we we will see what happens the Leafs are back at it on Thursday you know I don't know if an appeal allows him to sneak a game in there it might not be the worst idea with Marner out of the lineup uh, but we we shall uh, we shall see what happens Gord I know we both talked about it uh, a little bit in the second intermission I think that's yeah, when well, it came out you got the news right well you broke the news right when late in the second period. I know we'll go as soon as uh, Sheldon Keith talks, but I'm sure he'll have something to say about that. You know, um, because they don't aren't as plentiful as baseball. Baseball is a great example that you appeal and then it always get cut back. Yep. But even if it didn't, you got to say use the position player, a pitcher, yep. and pitch him, and then he missed the games, and it didn't really matter. Now, there's also position players who generally play every day. But you're right. Maybe Spezza can play when Marner isn't playing. But I know that's not the spirit of why they're looking yep. to appeal. It, it, it's a brutal suspension. We said that earlier. I'm not being. I don't think I'm being a homer. That's for other people to judge about it. Uh, there's really no precedent. I'm trying to think. It's. It reminds me a bit in Brendan Shanahan. When he was head of Department of Player Safety, um, he suspended up Columbus. James Wisniewski, yep. eight games to start the season. And and that wasn't a very good suspension. And after that, Brendan started cutting back. Cutting, got, got a lot of bad feedback yep. about it. Columbus never got off properly, whatever. Uh, it, it wasn't consistent with other suspensions. He was trying to send a message. And after that, Brendan, during his time there, got more, got more in line and more consistent with the suspensions. And uh, this one... Uh, yeah, this one, I'll, I can't wait to see their explanation. Um, they, they do good explanations, but I already know I'm not going to buy it, which is what you, t- you tell your kids to listen, but... I'm not going to. Well, I mean, you can listen, but I'm if somebody, if, yeah, you can pout about it. That's great. And again, Gord Stellick, not a homer, an absolute professional. Brent Gunning, a eh, little homerish at times. And I did not like that suspension one iota. I, I thought it was four games. It felt like two games too many to me. I was looking back at some of the suspensions from last year. Tom Wilson had a headshot on Brandon Carlo. That was seven games for a guy who did a pretty similar thing. I guess there's not as much retribution there, but Tom Wilson has a ton of history with that department. Uh, Jason Spezza has literally none. So, I mean, you know, we, we can sit here and, and play the game uh, as much as we want, but it's just when you when you sit there and try to compare it to the other six, seven, eight-game suspensions, I, it's just it's really tough for me for, for a guy who, who's never had any history with that department before. Well, I know it was a different era, but Ty Domi's eight-game suspension for just, like, sucker punch, just smashing That's Ulf right. Samuelson. That's right. You know, that, that was like a big federal case in this. This one happened quietly, you know. It's like all of a sudden a guy gets charged with a felony and it's in small claims court. And you go, hey, what happened to your traffic ticket? <laughs> I got six years in prison. Well, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, something, something's wrong about this, right? You know, the other one, you should be where Ty Domi was, you know, in the big court. Oh, you're right, you're right. Uh, producer extraordinaire, Sam McKee. 
do you have any thoughts on Jason Spetz's suspension before we switch back to uh, tonight's game? Yeah, I I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I've just been sitting here kind of scrolling like you have, scrolling through some of the suspensions that have been doled out this year. And, yeah, a lot of them look nasty. And a lot of them look like there's intent involved. And, like, I don't know. I just – I am dumbfounded by it. Six games, sure. Three, would have been happy with three. Would have been even four. But going over the five-game suspension mark for one of the classiest guys in the league that has zero history with this, and he did it because of the league official's fault on the ice, I thought that they maybe give him a break, but I guess they didn't want to do that. Uh, it, would, it would be tough in the video to hear like, our guys as a result badly. of a terrible decision yes. by on-ice officials. Like, it's just it's tough to do. So my second thought about this game is uh, I have real remorse for the people who bet the Leafs uh, on the puck line, so minus one and a half goals. Oof. So that's a very popular bet when you have a <laughs> when you have a heavy favorite going into a game. So you bet the the Leafs to win by two goals, and yeah, that was there wasn't even a second left, and Max Domi bangs one in. So I so think of them tonight after that game. But yeah, <laughs> what does this world come to? So yeah, I, I know. Hey, I know. It was betting. the first thing. It was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, too, I don't. Like I don't even, tale guess end. what? I don't even gamble. That's the first <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I know. It's, I know it's a big part of the game. And and by the way, first of all, we, we hope Neil Pionk is not seriously hurt. Of course, we don't know. So we'll, well find out about that. The game completely fine. He played well, a bunch no, of yeah, I know. But anyway, what, whatever, we'll yeah. find out for sure. Yeah, and, and, this uh, is why we need you here to hold the two of us well, at account. Well, and as to go back, I mean, gambling stuff is just jammed down your throat at all po- times these days. It's the number one sort of seems like a talking point. So that th- that came into my mind. It's working. The gambling it, stuff. It oh, hey, no, no, I, 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 and certainly there's a generational element to that. Our son Justin is. Uh, you know, his uh, the Leaf loss into Montreal last year was softened. The fact that he bet a prop bet on Jason Spezza scoring a goal, oh. so seventeen to one, he won eighty five bucks. So That's I know, bad. I know all about that. Uh, you know, but but the Kale McCarr goal we're talking last night. Sam McKee said he used to do that to Mark Savard when Savvy was oh there. For, yeah, I don't know. He said when they played pickup pond oh hockey, he'd God. say it when Savvy was out of the room. I no. might add you. you I know, so no. I would say the exact opposite that i played a couple outdoor rink on the outdoor rink with mark savard a couple times at rennie park in the west end of toronto and beautiful, i brought him out beautiful there. rink i have to say one of the better ones in the city and you do like teams or whatever so there's four teams of five guys or whatever because there's so many guys out there mark savard's team never left the ice i'll tell you that so <laughs> i know that'll be shocking that a guy who was an unbelievable hockey player never left the ice but Pillowy passes out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, wow, we're we're talking here. Uh, hey, Leafs win five four. I should probably uh, probably tee that up as well. But I mean, it it truly is a thing. You know, Sam and I, you've been we've been lucky enough, Gord. I, I mean, you've been around the game your entire life. You know, playing in some of these pro am events, yes. you can have the and again, no knock on any of these guys. They had long, tremendously successful NHL careers, but they did it as pugilists. They did it yep. as tough guys. And even those guys are the most talented players <laughs> yeah. you will ever see <laughs> yeah. in your life. Whoever. Whatever yeah. your guy is, uh, yeah, they're so, they're definitely of different animals. Really talented guys. Yes. How's that for a, oh, a segue? You're taking over here. I just I can't believe how good. I mean, I shouldn't say I can't believe it, but Austin Matthews is unbelievable tonight. I, you know, I you said him driving the line, and I, I think that's a big. I think Simmer's really been good. He Simmons has. has been very good on that right wing. Bunting, your boy, your son has been very good. <laughs> but boy, you know, Austin Matthews looked all the part tonight. He was unbelievable. The best I've seen him live so far this season. He's, yeah. got, he's got that presence. Yeah. You know, he looks like the, the old-fashioned gun shooter. He does. I, I always kid about that. He, you know, he can play in a phone booth even though phone booths don't exist don't. anymore. <laughs> no, they're but, not he, but he doesn't need that, – that's a big thing, you know, small area of ice. And uh, I, I, like, I like the quiet leadership that has come on. I like him without a mustache too. Brent, I'm not sure about yours right now. It's still, not going but anywhere. I like it. So. I, uh, but, I, yeah, I, I just like more of his personality 
coming out and man, you see him on and and so it's funny when I just you know chatting again. Arash Madani brought up about load management. You know, the, this just the question about it. And I one thing in hockey, the young players, unless they're mentally or physically tired, they're playing. They're gonna play all the time. And yeah. also, if this is your only game you get to go to, like what if Austin Matthews is rested? You know, because of you know that that's a factor as well. I don't know because Kawhi Leonard, it was a huge factor. They won a championship. You know, they did, and and that that was it. But I think we we can get maybe a little bit carried away about that. That young, excellent players, unless there's a a mental or physical toll that it's taking, um, they like they thrive on this. They do. They, they this is this is it. This is their oxygen. The only the only way you load manage a guy like Matthews or Marner or Nylander or any of those guys is you just play them a minute less a game. Oh, like you yeah. just dial back the minutes a hair. But even then, they're young horses. Well, like there's no need to do that. Well, Spezza got himself a little load management, a little six game load management to rest those bones. Pending appeal. Pending appeal. So what? Yeah. How do you think that's going to work, Gordo? Do you think you'll get it knocked down a couple games or? I, I yeah. Generally, it seems like you do. Yeah. Uh, generally, it seems like like you do. So. I'll, I'll say, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I, you know, I, I just, again, I want to hear the explanation. Is there something we don't know? And then, you know, why did they take too long? I know, Brent, you offer the opinion. They didn't want to make it a storyline before the game. But, uh, you know, have the, uh, I'm not going to call they're not gutless at all, but have the guts then to give the decision when have you have the it. Cojones. Come at 3 o'clock, the onions, Chuck Swirsky's line, the there onions, to do it 3 o'clock in the afternoon or where, because we're kind of wondering, you know what? What are they? What, what's what's dragging it so long? If you're so unsure, it 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 to me presents that you were somehow weren't too sure. Which I gotta believe they were sure. So so I went back and looked because I, I was sitting there this afternoon saying, well, this feels like they want to announce it right before puck drop or during the game to avoid having it be a topic of conversation. But then I look back and I think that oh eight thirty at night is a pretty popular time for somewhat controversial yes. suspensions because that's the exact same time that the Brandon Lemieux biting suspension on Brady Kachuk came down. So I I, I do think there's something to I'm not going to say it's them shying away from their decision. I will give a, the the charitable way I'll look at it is I think the league does not want the suspensions to be a part of the conversation. They want it to happen, of course, but I don't think they want to make it a story. So that's why that's so why I think the decision comes out kind of buried in the game. They're sending a message right now. They would have preferred if Jason Spezza bit Neil Pionk. I think. <laughs> I well, I mean, honestly. Less of a suspension. It is. Okay. That's, and I think that's exactly the point we're I'm all kind of driving I'm not home. saying young boys and girls, that's what you should do, but I'm just trying to interpret. <laughs> no, you're, you're not saying it. You could interpret the Department of Player Safety saying that. You could. You could. I don't think that's what they're saying, but uh, that, that's definitely a one way uh, you could choose to look at it. So a couple things tonight that I noticed. The pa- I think the penalty kill is missing Marner big time. I think, you know, over the past few games since he's not played, I guess that's three now, I think they've, you know, just that ability to have his, you know, reads on plays through the, the So I think they've given the up goals in five of the last seven on the penalty and kill now. It's, you can kind of notice it without Marner. But the other side of it is the power play looks pretty good doesn't matter who you put out there right yeah well it's been pretty good since he's you know been away so those are the two things that i've noticed so far (laughs) without martyr in the lineup well i mean so matthews get him and again again you never want to it's it feels like we had this problem early on with this team that any any good opinion of william nylander was a a bad opinion of mitch marner like it's unfair to do but I really feel like at five on five, I think the Marner and Matthews connection is truly special. The way they seem to find each other, the way they read off each other, I I think that is the most dangerous combination on the team. Those two together at five on five, I still believe that. 
But it's not lost on me that the two guys with the best shots on the team in, in Nylander and Matthews, they just are able to find each other on these seam passes, and I, I have to feel like it's at least a little bit because people are watching them so much as shooters, whereas when it's Marner, they're they're not looking at him that way. Mm-hmm. And you know what the person we don't talk about as much of the big gang ever since they turned around, around against Chicago is John Tavares. <laughs> Another goal you know tonight. I mean? because, and that's and that's the that's the style he almost that's the lifestyle he chooses he likes to lose. He loves being captain. He's honored, but he's not like he needs to be he needs a spotlight. I miss those mattress commercials. They were really good when he that's slept right. there all the Sleeping time. On the rink, they were yeah. good. But but he's Well that the was guy. actually just a documentary. That, oh, okay. that's happened. They're <laughs> setting up the bed as we speak yeah. right now. But but he but he's a guy that, you know, really is showing what he, you know, he had when he had that great year with Marner and, and showing the best he's played in a while and the most consistent and that kind of role, you know, the, the, the greatness he brought to the New York Islanders and the greatness he's uh, the greatness he's brought at times and a lot of times to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but not all the time. I mean, I'm using the word great. That's a big word. It's, it's five letters. It's huge on this show. I mean, that's, that's basically a 15-cent word on this show. I think the thing about Tavares is he's almost at his best when he gets lost on this team. You think of Matthews, you think of Nylander, Marner, of course, Riley with the big night tonight. And it just feels like he is that kind of, I don't want to say the most steady presence because, gee, Austin Matthews is a super steady presence, but it's just – it, it really feels, and, you know, I know it's a lofty comparison. I know they won a bunch of cups, but it, it feels like you've got your Crosby Malkin right there. It's like, yeah, it, John Tavares is not Austin Matthews, just like Malkin wasn't Crosby. But on any given night, that guy can be the best player on your team. And it just, I, I feel like we've gotten so used to it here, we truly take it for granted what it's like to have a guy like John Tavares is effectively your 2C. Well, I, why we do is because we go back. We keep going back to the lack of playoff success. Yeah, you're and right. We went back to an inconsistent regular season before COVID hit. But you're. But then you get got to get reminded. And that's why the contracts are so disproportionately spent that way. Is because yeah, you, we we have in Toronto something real special with Austin Matthews for starters, but with all four of those guys, as you mentioned something real special so we we've talked a lot about the top of the lineup here i i, I did want to mention the, the two guys who who drew in tonight and that's uh steves and, and rubens you know I'll, I'll start with rubens i didn't notice him a ton out there and when i did i thought he was making safe smart reads and i think for what is effectively your eighth defenseman that's that's all you could possibly ask for i thought i thought he uh to borrow a word from you i thought he comported himself very well out yep, there comportment's key it is and i just <laughs> and I, deportment deportment and, and compartment okay there we go we're learning all the key terms here uh but i mean honestly i just felt like for a guy who's your eighth d kind of throwing into you know not the fire but kind of probably unexpected a little bit in terms of getting the nhl action this early i, I just think it's kind of found money and you know not to say you're you're happy he he got in because you, you'd rather have sandine and, and dermot in of course but i thought for for a guy who's basically eighth on your depth chart that, that looked pretty good early on he was tied for the lead on shots on that's goal. right he got the <laughs> he second did. shot of the game <laughs> on goal for the maple Leafs. uh we also you know it's lilligren that had the bad and i hate to say it i think selfish pinch when they yeah. were up 5-2 that's something that you, you know as rubens didn't do we were, we're just like again we and it was funny because leafs had the three nothing lead so you could kind of scrutinize things a little bit more sure. right about breaking it down and we were we were doing that about the new players well, the other the other thing I think was important about the scoreline of this game is, and it ends up five four, but it was effectively a five one game for for a big big chunk of it. it what that scoreline allows you to do is it allows you to keep rolling out Steves. It allows you to keep rolling out Rubens. You know, in a if if this is a one goal game for the entirety of the third period, you're you're probably not seeing that pair, let, let alone just Rubens. You're probably not seeing much of Lilligren either. So I thought the score really helped those guys stay stay engaged in the game tonight. Uh, just to use a quick Mike Babcock term, mm. 
can't teach size. Can't. He's and, very uh, tall. He is a tall man. Thought he thought he was pretty smooth for a tall guy. And, you know, it looked like he was playing with a bit of confidence. I was impressed for a first NHL game. Listen, he didn't really blow you away. Oh, I wouldn't say not. he did anything too special, but I think it was a pretty impressive debut. You'd be happy with it. Well, that that is, you, you know, that's a good point, that that is the one thing, you know, I was just exchanging some texts earlier today, you know, uh, if, you know, not with insiders here, just my buddies. What were, oh, what I was going to say. <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> who are you texting with? Oh, the Growlers head coach. Oh, no, yeah. not actually. I don't even know who that is. Uh, you know, and we're all sitting here going, okay, he's huge. He was an undrafted guy who's been in the organization for a million years and hasn't really gotten NHL s- sniff yet. I was not think I was thinking the skating was going to be a real, real problem. And again, not that I'm Barb Underhill breaking down a guy's <laughs> strides here, but it's just for a big guy, he he moves around okay. And that that was the one thing I kind of expected to be his Achilles heel. Yeah, no, er, er, uh, early on and uh, um, watching him, you're right. So far, so good. Um, when you when uh, we're talking about a Mike Babcock line, yes. I do miss when the coach spoke first always, so we weren't always waiting for the coach <laughs> to get to the podium. You know, it used to be a little bit more consistency that way. So we always, so uh, I don't. So the the deal now, what is it, Sam? Because of COVID world, um, the players come out. Yeah, but, I mean, what would you prefer? Uh, him talking for three minutes flat, Mike Babcock right away, or uh, Sheldon Keefe coming out and waxing poetic for nine minutes at ten twenty? Well, my, Mike would do about five or six. Yeah, or flat. seven. Flat, but you know, but right, but on right his terms. See you guys. Uh, there was there was no more domineering presence in I argue Toronto sports <laughs> than Babs ending a presser. All right, thanks, but yeah, no, he he ran it. He but I mean, this is the equivalent like when you're hosting a show and you <laughs> got and you and you know and you, and you got on. You know, you got Brent Gunning, who's a basketball expert. So you start to talk <laughs> about the Raptors. I am tall, you know. Start to talk about the Raptors. And then all of a sudden you get, I don't know, we can't get a hold of Brent. So you're talking more. And then all of a sudden you get buzzed in. Okay, no, Brent, we got Sam McKee. He's going he's gonna to talk about Irish hurling. You know, and you got to then go, okay, and speaking of, never mind the Raptors. Uh, Sounds Irish, like throwback to your morning <laughs> show days. You know, uh, then I'm like trying to Google Dublin or something like that, whatever. <laughs> County Mayo. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. So we keep, you know, keep waiting uh, and, and yeah. bring it on. And, well, uh, I mean, you know. You guys, I, I can you break guys down are, Steve's shifts for you I was just about to say, you guys are pretty lucky. You have a professional broadcaster <laughs> sitting here. How about that, Alex? Steve's, he talked no. about the one guy making his debut. I feel awful for Steve's. He gets Now, look, the eye in the sky noticed it. He gets dinged for the minus on that goal at the absolute end. And, Gord, I know, I know your thoughts on plus minus. I kind of tend to agree. But it's just, you know, he busts his tail back to try to break up that goal. He still gets dinged with the minus. Uh, again, I thought it was a, a pretty pretty okay night from him. Didn't yeah, notice him no, a ton, no, no. but yeah. I, I thought, he, again, he played well in the in the time we saw him out there. Yeah, and I like Coach gets him on early. You know, when I did you like bring that. somebody up, don't have them on the fourth line, and all of a sudden they get five-second chef starting mm-hmm. late in the period. So uh, I, yeah, and, and, and um, oh. oh, we have Sheldon Keith. Oh, let's pr- I'm exhausted. Forget what you think. Forget what I <laughs> yeah. think. Let's hear what Sheldon Keith thinks. <laughs> much about the game in any period uh, we found ways to strike offensively whether it's on our power play or some you know quick chances off the rush but in terms of how we how we like to play and how we have played I don't think there was a lot to, to like about the game tonight in any of the periods I'm kind of happy that frankly that the third period catches up to us because it probably should have you know um, so it's not not a great game for us, but it's it's a good it's a good result. Obviously, we need to get back on the on the right side of it. It's a funny game to play too for our guys, given that we had such big leads at different times. So it's all part of it. Uh, what it tells me, honestly, I think we're a tired group here that needs needs time. 
whether it's coming back from California and then ended up ending up in Minnesota and Winnipeg and coming back late, getting back four four in the morning the other day. I just I feel like our team still needs to regroup itself, and, and we're going to take the day off to do that tomorrow. What do you think about Nick Ritchie getting on the board? Loved it. I mean, it's obviously been a long time coming, but uh, I said to him on the bench that. I can't take a lot of credit for it because I've been calling it, calling it for a lot, quite a while now that tonight's going to be the night. Um, however, I did, I did feel strongly that today was going to be the day for him. Just, he's, he's very quietly playing well here. I think coming into tonight, I think he had four points in the last five games. Uh, you can just see it coming. He's had some really good chances. Uh, thrilled for him, and the team was thrilled for him as well. What did you start calling it? Oh, I, I don't know. It's been, it's, it's been a while. I stopped. I started. I stopped. It was his birthday the other day, and uh, we called it that day. But then, uh, in the coach's room before the game, I felt, felt I thought it was going to be in the power play, though. But uh, I'm glad it, it worked out the way that it did. It's, it's a good goal for him. Good goal for the team. A little bit of a uh, surprise, whatever the word you saw him giving the suspension to Jason. We were you know, talking this morning about yeah look I mean I think everybody in this room everybody in the game knows the character and integrity that Jason Spezza has and he's played with through his entire career and we we do and always will uh, support him I think obviously he's going to weigh his own his options that he has you know in this process but from our perspective, I think it's important that we just we press on here. That's really all we can do, and that's what we did tonight. I like that we just come out and we played and got a win here without them, and that's, that's what we need to continue to do, not make excuses, not point fingers or anything like that. We're just going to continue to press on, and you know, Jason will go through his process. Like I said, I, I mean, I just finished the game here. I'm just kind of kept getting up to speed myself, but uh, Jason and his camp and the PA, uh, and we'll, we'll discuss that. I thought those guys gave us good shifts. I, I like their game. You're going to have to watch some of the details back, but just in terms of the confidence they both showed with the puck, I like that. Um, so for the first game for them, especially, it's, it's, it's a strange situation. I mean, you guess you could look at it either way. So you have less time to think about it or whatever, but just no practices even you know, with the team. In Steve's case in particular, it wasn't in our camp. Didn't really know any of the guys, and none of the guys know him, and he's just kind of dropped in here, and I thought he played with confidence. I thought his game got better throughout. Uh, he's got some good details to his game, and he's a smart guy. He plays with a good conscience out on the ice. So I thought it was a good game uh, from both those guys. It's kind of like a question from last year, but Austin's on such a heater right now. What, what can you say about the way he's scoring in various ways that he's not much surprises me anymore. I don't think it's just a surprise to anybody. That's just what he's capable of. It's a caliber of player that he is. Um, you know, it's obviously the first goal. It's pretty high-end play by Bunting to get that puck to him, and that was great to see. But he works to get to that spot, just you know, to be there for that goal, and then and then uh, you know gets one down the wing. And those are the kind of pucks that haven't really gone in for him this season, so it was good to see that. And when those kind of plays start falling for him, it's. It's, uh, it's obviously great. He's building great momentum here. How do you feel Aline fit in uh, with Austin and Michael? Did you do less juggling than you anticipated? In yeah, I don't know if I ended up juggling it at all, frankly. I, 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 did, I was happy with how it was going. Obviously, we built the lead early, so it was a lot more reason to just kind of continue with, with uh, managing the bench the way I was, just kind of keeping guys rolling and 
um, didn't feel the need to, to, to necessarily change it. And I thought as Summers worked hard. He's played, he's played good hockey for us, and, and it's, it was a good chance tonight with the way the game went to just give him more consistent reps there and, um, and get more time. You know, and I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I think so. I, I think because we're going to take a day off tomorrow and kind of regroup ourselves. There's been a lot going on around here, but, you know, between injuries and suspensions and stuff. So we'll take our time and just see where the roster's at and see where the injured guys are at too. Um, obviously, the summer are going to be longer term, but Dermot's making great progress uh, here. So um, we'll have to, to see where, where he's at. Uh, I know some of our guys are going to skate tomorrow, um, but but uh, um, really nobody that played tonight, but you know, some of those guys like Dermot are going to skate. Um, so we'll have to just see where, where we're at, where the roster's at. I've kind of lost track of it, to be honest. I just kind of said, let me know who's eligible to play tonight and we'll put the lineup together. So... We'll, uh, we'll regroup. Obviously, we've got a very good team coming in here on Thursday. We got to get ready for. Would you uh, would you think of uh, Bunting channeling his inner Mitch on that between the legs pass and just what he's brought to that line and the profusion that he's shown with Austin? It's been great. He's just gaining more and more confidence, both in in himself and his role playing with Austin. Um, you know, the line hasn't had Mitch here. You know, obviously now for a few games and. You know, for him to make a play like that, I think that just is going to help his confidence, you know, all the more. Yeah, he, he himself, take take the chemistry with Austin and playing up on, the, on that line and take that away. He's just playing good hockey. He's playing lots of urgency, lots of competitiveness. He just kind of keeps finding ways to, to generate offense and get points. So, um, you know, we're feeling good about his game. Thank you. There's Leafs head coach Shelton Keefe. Man, uh, a lot to chuckle about there. I personally enjoyed when I – I don't even know how I did this. I somehow hacked into the body of Mike Zeisberger for him to ask about Michael Bunting's wonderful offensive prowess, channeling his inner Mitch Marner. Uh, I like that. I also enjoyed uh, – and we'll talk to Luke in, in just a minute here. Uh, Sportsnet's own Luke Fox pushing back at Shelton Keefe. When Keefe said, I called it, I knew it was coming, he asked him, uh, yeah, how many times? How long has that been going on for? So, I mean, everything's better when you're winning. You, you could just tell uh, the team's in a pretty good place right now. Yeah, no, it's certainly fun when you're winning. and makes those fun post-game press conferences as well. Sam was talking earlier about the betting and all that stuff about the fact that, what, because Columbus scored late? Yes. That's going to tick off. Yeah, yeah, and I was just saying, so now I find out, too. I mentioned, I, I said about Justin, our son, mm. winning that Jason Spezza bet 17-1. to 1. Well, his buddy, Owen Ketty called the O-Dog, texted in. Apparently, he tipped Justin off for it. So I don't know if he wants 42.50 or what. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I, I, if Justin's going to be ticked or not. So anyway, uh, a lot of Jason Spezza fans about that. We're That's negotiating gambling payouts on the air here. Uh, Le- Leafs Nation postgame is taking yes, quite a turn. I was going to say, well, it just means we have a lot of listeners of very many ages, which is what, what we want to get. And actually, you really get in the vibe here in Scotiabank you Arena. Do. Like, you're, you know, they talked earlier about tickets being a little bit soft, and yep. they were early they were. on, and it, and it wasn't a fun start and now you're kind of saying hey you know what okay let's get over that playoff disappointment let's enjoy the regular season let's enjoy fans being in the building and uh, let's watch a hockey team that's you know really really developing 
great habits that, you know, we keep looking, leaping towards the playoffs, but also all they can do is the best they can do in the regular season. And this team, another night that they've done that, even though it was an unusual ending and it cost Sam's buddies who bet on the game some money. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely cost a few people out there. Uh, as far as fan favorites go, we've talked about the core four, but nobody gets this building going quite like Jack Campbell. He had three or four ten dollars tonight that just had this place kind of rocking. Again, there's just there's nothing quite, in my opinion. I mean, I guess a fight, truculence, all that stuff can do it too. But few things fire up a building like a goaltender that that they just love, and clearly that's the case here with Campbell. And another oddity, see the the first uh, the third goal was kind of like that Patrick Kane goal they scored no to win knew. the Stanley Cup, except Patrick Kane knew there. He did know. Nobody knew it. It <laughs> hung there kind of like, you know, something getting caught in the netting, like a tennis ball getting caught in the netting or something. It was a, it was a bit of an optical illusion. So it was a very weird end to the game. But then you go back, the Maple Leafs end to the second period, getting two goals so quickly, yeah. uh, it, which end up being the difference makers uh, in, in that regard. So it was... Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, as part of a game, just you know, for a game that the Leafs took control from the start with a three nothing win and a pro- impressive presence, then it just had some kind of uh, uh, odd uh, odd ends along the way. It did have some odd ends along the way. Someone who was in the building to watch it, he then went down and asked Shelton Keefe some wonderful questions, including just how long have you been calling for this Nick Ritchie goal? Luke Fox, Luke, I love your pushback. You're, Nick Ritchie's confident on the ice. You're confident off it. How are we doing, Luke? I'm doing fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because Sheldon seemed happy about it. Andre Cash just seemed really happy about it. But Nick Ritchie, he's a, he's a pretty stoic guy. You know, he, he kept his emotions bottled up. Um, but it's got to feel like a relief. I mean, I, I counted back um, to his Boston days, and that was 36 games he had wow. gone without a goal. And when you consider the power play time, when you consider that he's gotten plenty of shifts in the top six, playing with some pretty elite players, uh, it's kind of a crazy drought. Um, hometown guy, that's got to feel good. Um, and the fa- fans were behind him, right? Like when they announced first goals in Maple Leaf, Nick Ritchie, there was a there was a good roar in the building. So good on him for finally breaking the drought. Yeah, I think the fans sometimes give themselves a bum rap about being too hard on the players. I think really it's a place where you get a, you get identified a lot. You don't get a lot of privacy if you're out, but that goes with the territory. But I think it's a I think there's a supportive basis there. I, I'm curious. I mean, there's so many game things to ask about, but boy, second intermission, Brent broke the news here about Jason Spezza's six-game suspension, and, and uh, I don't usually, dib, you know, dibble into suspensions, you know, or quibble about two games or three games, or what's the difference of one game in that regard. You know, what's your take on the whole thing? Uh, my take is that I don't think what Spezza did was three times worse is what Neil Pionk did. But one guy got two games, one guy got six, and the guy who got six has played in the league, what, 19 years or something like that? And has nev- something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and has never had any supplemental discipline. Um, do I think that he was going out of his way to, to hit Pionk? Yeah, I do. I, I think, you know, the fact that the original uh, knee-on-knee hit went uncalled kind of set the Leafs off that game. And it was an emotional, retaliatory move, and he should be punished. But I just think the discrepancy between um, Pionk's suspension and, and Spezza's sus- suspension is a little bit too wide for my liking. Um, and apparently Spezza's camp is going to appeal it. You know, Sheldon doesn't want to talk about it too much. He's like, they're going to appeal it. They're, they're going to do what they do and try to get it down. But we have to focus on 
you know, the new players coming in. And, you know, I thought Alex Steves did a fine job. He's no Jason Spezza, but, um, you know, this is this is an opportunity for some other guys to see what, what they have. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, Keith didn't want to comment on it. I feel like that was about the only thing. Uh, chatty, chatty fella after the win tonight. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for the time, bud. Really appreciate it. All right, have a good night, guys. Thanks. There he goes, Luke Fox. Follow him on Twitter at LukeFoxJukebox. Check out his piece on sportsnet.ca. It'll be up uh, relatively soon, I'm sure. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum here. You, you can feel it from Keith, and it's funny. Even even when he starts his presser with, well, you know, I didn't actually love a ton about the game tonight, you, you could just tell. It's, it's a guy who, even he, a guy who is constantly striving for, for, for perfection, if he goes back and thinks to where this team was month, month and a half ago, I, night and day isn't even enough of a disparity between where this team was and where it is now. Well, and he, and he got back the perspective at the end about being lighthearted. It just was, a, you know, it, was a, it, it wasn't a fun feel when the buzzer went uh, to make it 5-4 of a game that really should be 5-2. Yes, that's right. Fun, fun night it was here. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame. You're listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, just tying up a few loose ends in what was a 5-4 win for the Leafs. Let me let me play you some of the hits. Let me tell you what happened tonight. William Nylander opened the scoring after that. It's goal from Austin Matthews. Nick Ritchie gets his first goal as a Leaf, uh, throwing a Columbus goal. You get Tavares and Matthews, really quick succession at the end of the second period. Uh, the Blue Jackets do charge back with three in the third. So 5-4 is your final, including a Max Tomey goal in the literal last second of the game. Uh, went down to milliseconds, I believe, to see if that actually went in. So that was the story tonight. Of course, that, that's the story on the ice. I should also mention Morgan Riley, a career-high four assists. He's the game's first star. Jack Campbell with a few 10 bells saves but the big big story I, I think for everybody in Leafsland and, and quite honestly across the NHL today is that Jason Spezza suspension it is six games he will be appealing we, we will see how that process uh, plays out the suspension didn't come down until the second period today you know everybody kind of has their own different ways to put it the thing I focus on is is his sterling reputation in this league you know I, I know Luke pointed out the fact that it's three times the, the length of suspension Pionk got there there's just uh, so much to dislike about it. And honestly, you know, some people will say this is making an excuse, and it may very well be. But I do wonder if that's part of what led to the weird start to the third period. Like, I don't even know if the guys in the room would have found that out in the second intermission the way we did. But I do wonder if you hear six games and it just kind of takes you out of your rhythm. I, I don't know if I'm kind of grasping at straws there. What, what do you make of that, Gord? I, I was kind of wondering that myself. I, don't, I, I hesitate to make uh... – make excuses i'm trying to yeah think, exactly i'm thinking in my head you know like mark shifley's a guy that doesn't get suspended but you, you knew when you saw the action mm -hmm. the hit that he took and the fact the player was hurt like you knew you knew you said wow that is so out of character for mark shifley but uh you know uh, that that is uh you know that that's something that deserves a big suspension um, got some breaking news from terry koshan from oh. the down low there oh he hello. says that the players found out after the game the players found out so after the game. So According to uh, Terry Koshan, and if he's wrong, send your regards to Wyatt in Ontario. What, is, is our radio feed not wired in the dressing room? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think some were sneaking off there. We got to talk. We got to talk to somebody about that. Get us piped <laughs> into the room. Honestly, whatever you did tonight, keep it up. Uh, a much more flattering night than the scoreline says. Five four is the final. Uh, Gordo, any final takeaways uh, from tonight? Thrilled to be back down at the rink. Great crowd, and, and the team played well for him. 
Yeah, not a lot of home games in December, no. so uh, make the most of this homestand. And then on road, sweet road once again. And just uh, it wasn't much of a road trip, two games, but I love the way they played in the weekend and competed. And good they did it and got the two points Got the two points tonight. I mean, it's it's really, really firing on all cylinders right now, the uh, the good ship, good ship Toronto Maple Leaf. Yes, it, uh, it certainly, certainly is. And that includes a couple goals from Austin Matthews and Nick Ritchie's first as a Leaf. 5-4 is your final. Gord will be back when the Leafs are back on Thursday with a post-game pod. They'll be playing the Lightning that night. Thank you so much for listening to Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network.